Welcome back to another episode of Front Row Cinema, a movie podcast for movie lovers by movie lovers. I am your host, TJ Tromboli, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the mean green ogre machine, Mr. James O'Reilly. How's it going, buddy? We're going. And each week, we run down a movie from my 1,000 movies in theaters, and we see how well it's aged, along with the hype surrounding the film, its box office analysis, and legacy in the film industry. And we have got a doozy of a movie tonight. Jim, what are we watching? The animation powerhouse franchise starter, 2001's Shrek. That's right. We are diving into the land far, far away as we dive into the movie Shrek, directed by Andrew Adamson and Vic, Vicky Jensen, written by possibly the greatest duo to ever put pen to paper, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, as well as Joe Stillman and Roger S.H. Shulman filling out the writing credits and starring Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz and Eddie Murphy. Now, we don't have the flap jacket behind the DVD this time to read off the back. My 4K is just a steelbook, Jim. It does not give any sweet writing on the back. So we had to turn. Ooh, listen to Fancy Mr. Steelbook over here. I know, Fancy Mr. Steelbook guy here with my collector's item. I do not have some good <laughs> liner notes here. So we had to turn to the internet for this sweet little logline, but still nice and concise here. Shrek finds his home in his swamp, overrun by fairy tale creatures, banished by the obsessive ruler, Lord Farquaad. With the help of Donkey, Shrek makes a pact with Farquaad to rescue Princess Fiona in exchange for regaining control of his swamp. Two sentences right there. That's concise right there. Yeah, and I mean, that's great and all. I'm just, I'm never, possibly never going to forgive you for the puns that I missed out on. There yeah. has to be some doozies on the back of Shrek, of some copy of Shrek on DVD somewhere that yes. I will probably never hear now. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, somewhere it. out there on the back. I'm sorry, Jim. It does not come with the Steelbook. The Steelbook is just some beautiful, beautiful collecting item. It does not have any of the goodies, unfortunately, for you this week. No, that's okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you, you summed up the movie nicely, so I guess you did your job. I did. I did. Uh, leave it to the internet to give me a nice, concise plot line there for the movie yeah. Shrek. This is uh, this is a fun one. Uh, I was glad to dive back into this one. This one is kind of along the lines of a few other movies that we've done so far here on the podcast. Um, the first one that comes to mind is X-Men. Uh, talking about like a franchise where this first one is not the one that I normally go to when I'm going to watch a Shrek movie. So it was yeah. fun to go back and watch the first one again as I don't normally watch the first one. If I'm going to watch a Shrek movie, I'm my first inclination is always to go to Shrek 2. Yeah, and that's... Over time, I don't think I realized how much I've melded the two movies together. Really? Uh, because, yeah, there was a lot of things that I was, like, excited for that I was like, oh, wait, yeah, that's not in this movie. This movie is kind of just really short and to the point. And all that other stuff I'm thinking of is from a totally different Shrek. So, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think Shrek 2 is kind of more my go-to as well. Yeah, well, it also probably helps that that one came out right in the height of us in high school so that was probably the one that we always gravitated towards because that was what 2004 we were in ninth grade it was right when we started going yeah. to the movies together yeah i love that uh we both agree that the animated children's movie that we saw in high school is the one that sticks with us <laughs> and not the one we saw when we were like 11 <laughs> it's 
Yeah, right. The one when we were actually children. No, the one when <laughs> right. we were teenagers where you normally wouldn't like animated movies. That's the one we were right. all gung ho yeah. about. I think it speaks volumes about our maturity at that time in our lives. Going off of that, uh, in my research for this, this was another one where I feel like I learned a lot of the times when we do these movies, a lot of the stuff that we're diving into is, is a lot of the stuff that I've already known about. And we're just kind of like bantering back and forth. But this was the one of the first times that I've really dived into a movie where it was throwing some things at me that I did not realize before and was wildly crazy. So one, one of the things let me let me hear if you knew this. So I, I had no idea about this. So Shrek was the first movie since Peter Pan, Disney's Peter Pan that came out in 1953. The first movie since that to debut at the Cannes Film Festival where it competed for the Palme d'Or. Oh, wow. Like the first animated movie you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, first animated movie since Peter Pan to compete for that, which is so insane. I like you think of that and you think such like prestige filmmaking and you're like, what kind of movies are we going to see for the Palme d'Or this year? And we're like, oh, correct. You're like, what? Yeah, even I think Disney had another movie that they that they debuted there. Also, I think they debuted Elemental, right? Yeah, that's right. They did do Elemental there and and it did not go well. Even in 2023, hearing that, I was like, really? Like, Elemental? Like, that's what they're doing there? So, yeah, it's crazy to me to hear that that happened all the way back in 2000. 2000. And animation has definitely come a long way where it is obviously a big deal and shouldn't just be treated as just, you know, children's movies. But it still is such a weird thing to hear about of something of such magnitude and prestige level. And then in the same sentence, you're like, Greg is competing. Yeah, you know what would be interesting? What else debuted at Cannes that yeah. year? So the the winner was this movie, The Sun's Room, which I've never even heard of. I've never heard of that either. <laughs> yeah, never, never heard of that. Uh, but we got, all right, here we go. We got the official, so there's a lot of movies. So I'm not going to say all of them, but we'll see if there's just any that... Yeah, I mean, out. stick with the ones that we would probably know, yeah. I guess. First, so right? a Cohen, a Cohen Brothers movie was there called The Man Who Wasn't There. It was a black and white movie with Billy Bob Thornton. Moulin, okay. Moulin Rouge was there. Okay. David Lynch's Mulholland Drive was there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, so, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Where, like, think of these. At yeah. that film festival, you could have saw Mulholland Drive and then like saw Shrek. And then <laughs> like, Shrek. You could have done a double feature of Mulholland Drive and Shrek. And those are the big ones that like we would know. All these other ones are from different uh, countries of movies that I've just never even heard of. But just yeah, insane yeah. to think that I can go see Moulin Rouge, Mulholland Drive, and Shrek all competing for one of the most prestigious awards in film. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely does not fit in my yeah. brain anyway. One of those movies is not like the other. This movie really created such a huge franchise. Obviously, when we were kids, you don't even realize it at the time, but it really became this huge culture. Shrek is memed to death in today's culture i i can't go five minutes surfing through memes without seeing somebody with a shrek meme like that's how big 
and relevant this movie, this, this franchise really has become in the zeitgeist these days. That however many years still removed from the last movie, it's still in contention with a lot of people today when talked about. Yeah, and you I mean how many Shrek movies are they up to at this point? I mean, including like if you count, there was um, there was four Shrek movies and two right, with a Puss fifth in one Boots. in development right now, right? Yeah, and a fifth one in development right now. So and then there's two Puss in Boots, two Puss so in Boots six, movies, six going on seven. Yeah, and that's not even like counting everything else that it's done, like books, video games, rides, musicals. There was a Shrek musical. Yeah, I did. I saw. I, I saw really? the Shrek musical. Yes, but I saw a local theater production of it. Oh, so it wasn't even so like Broadway. Like, you saw like the. No, it wasn't professional at all. Like oh, even God. I've seen some local ones that were like high quality. This was like in a park run by like local people. <laughs> it was. It was. It was something. That is amazing that's it's so insane i feel like that's when you really hit another level is when your movie becomes a broadway play i mean it's more common now but i feel like when shrek did it and all that it was crazy now now they're making broadway plays for legit anything like mean girls is a broadway play so this is one of those movies it's one of dreamworks first movies right exactly. it's like in their first five movies and it's one that goes in development into development pretty shortly after dreamworks gets started up it's like something that steven spielberg had the rights to the children's book before dreamworks was even a thing and then the rights lapsed and then they started dreamworks and so it's one of the first things they buy and i don't know you're are you, i'm sure you're familiar with some of the early dreamworks catalog right yeah some of those uh lesser known hits yeah so we're talking like um what like prince of egypt and uh movies yes. like that prince of egypt is the one that i'm that i'm thinking of yeah oh, okay yeah. Um, yeah so it's like it's like a hollywood legend that again when we're getting into these legendary lore kind of things take them with a grain of salt at this point we're in a pretty massive game of telephone so who knows what's true or not right but the Shrek movie amongst like DreamWork developers, it's kind of like a Hollywood legend that it was like the basement. Like when you screwed up on Prince of Egypt or you like did something that the muckety mucks didn't like, they called it getting Shreked, where you got <laughs> sent to work on Shrek instead of Prince of Egypt. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they were like, and like the idea was like, I think the idea is that like uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was the head of DreamWorks for a long, long time, like up until like even pretty recently, I think it was like 2016 when he finally stepped down. But um, I think like part of it was like he was really difficult to work on it, work on it because he like wanted it to be really edgy. And but yeah, so that's the that's the first one I have that the animators at DreamWorks would get shreked and get sent from Prince of Egypt. I would believe which it. is a Didn't great, that... great movie in its own right. Yeah, I, yeah, I would watch the behind the scenes movie of that. Didn't I'm pretty sure a Disney movie in the 90s did that too, where they used all the good animators for a movie that they were banking on, and all of the side ones went for the other one, and then the other one ended up doing better. But I couldn't tell you which ones they were offhand, but I'm pretty sure that's a for for animated movies that might be a tale as old as time. Yeah, I'm sure it is, right? Like. But so that that's the first one I have. And then the okay. second one kind of 
kind of ties into with Shrek being very difficult to develop. Do you know who the original voice of Shrek was supposed to be? Uh, the one of the funniest men of the 90s, Chris Farley. Yes, Chris Farley was the original voice of Shrek until he died, died an untimely death. And then they like they almost canned the movie and then eventually settled on another f- famous SNL alum, Mike Myers. See, it's crazy that they were considering canning the movie. Because they were probably like way into animating and you see, didn't he had done the majority of his lines by the time he died? So they had I, I didn't, pretty I didn't far get along that this far, movie. but yeah, I'm sure that they were like pretty far in terms of animating it. Yeah. Yeah. I had seen that the that Mike Myers recorded his lines and then re-recorded them because the first like voice he did, he didn't think was up to par or like fit the character. Yeah, he re-recorded them in the Scottish accent. Yeah, that, yeah, like, which is famous for at this point. Yeah, which, which is crazy because, like, one, I want to see the dailies where he's not with the Scottish accent and see how like hilarious that is, and two, release the Farley cut with whatever you do have of his dialogue, yeah. and let me hear that. Yeah, I I just can't wrap my head around what an insane decision it is. To just be like, all right, no, let's re-record this whole movie, but this time I'm gonna sound like I'm from Scotland. <laughs> it's like, it's like Boom Mike. It's like a movie about an ogre. Like nobody else sounds like they're from Scotland. They, these people don't even know what Scotland is. And he's like, I know, but just trust me, it's gonna be great. <laughs> like, I mean, and he was right. He the the Shrek character with that accent is iconic. It I couldn't imagine him not having that accent. Yeah, it's like it's definitely made it stand out, you know? It still it's makes def- it stand it, out. It me. made it unique. I just picture how Chris Farley is in other movies and can only imagine how manic Shrek would sound as Chris Farley. Like it's a whole completely different movie with Chris Farley. It has and Shrek. to be a totally different movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you no take way, any of those I... lines and you have Chris Farley saying them and they're just so wildly different. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed. It's like it's it's one of those pieces of movie lore that's just like it's a such a crazy what if to me. Like, what if Chris Farley doesn't die? You know, mm-hmm. and like the first answer to that question is he plays Shrek, and I don't know what happens after that. <laughs> you know yeah, a lot I mean? of variables <laughs> up in the air at that point, and it's so funny to think because Chris Farley's whole shtick is his more manic anger energy. So I feel like so many of these lines would read so differently. Like you have Shrek at the one point where he's like, you're going on the way to a smack bottom. But if it's like Chris Farley, it's like, you're on the way to a smack Like he's just like losing his shit. Like, and you could just like yeah. picture his manic energy. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, this is, this is the last bit that I have. Right. Oh. And it kind of makes me wonder about what you were just saying. But um, th- did you know that Shrek was based on a children's book? No, I thought it was just riffing on Brothers Grimm books. I I didn't know it was based on a children's book until about 20 minutes before we started recording this. Jeez. And, and I I looked up the book. Uh-huh. And like I it's I feel like we should at least talk about it a little bit because it's like very different than what the actual movie is. Like the movie is them just riffing on Brothers Grimm but like books and stories. Yeah. And like, but in the in the book, 
he's really like there's not really like a lesson there there's not really anything like human about shrek he's just a real jerk like the whole time and like like he's like at one point he like walks into a hall of mirrors and he gets scared because he like sees all these like horrific ogres and then he like breaks one of the mirrors and he's like oh no it's just me and then like basically like high fives himself for how horrific he looks is so like, silly that's me and i'm pretty great that's pretty happy i'm pretty happy with that that's what i want to be i really want to be scary <laughs> like there so like and then he Is does it? marry a he does marry a princess in it but there's no like rescue the princess and find true love and like realize that she's an ogre too like he literally oh. just he goes to the tower kills a knight and then and then the princess is just a human who's like even uglier than he is all the time and they're just like happy together and that's the end of the book that is that is something when did that book come out 1990 was when it was oh wow so it wasn't even that like long in the past before this movie comes out yeah no i mean like it's it's like 10 11 years in between and you would think the way it the way it reads, I would I would imagine that book came out in like the fifties or some shit. Yeah, I get right. Yeah, that's that's not too far off. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's um, funny and it's funny too that you know Steven Spielberg and everyone would like read that and be like, Yeah, we we can make that good. I mean, I think the core of like making fun of like Disney princess stories is there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that that is sort of how the book comes across too, but uh, the movie did it a lot better, I think. The movie, the movie adds that level of heart that you need. Yeah, it's got because a without charm, without yeah. that, it's just cruel, and you're like, why am I watching this just to be cruel? Yeah, basically, yeah. So no, so like, I wonder though. I get, the reason I brought it up when I brought it up is because I wonder how much of that like frenetic, like frantic chris farley energy was playing more towards something that was closer to that you know what i mean oh right yeah that makes sense yeah i guess it would be interesting to see in what ways the movie changed once he died and they brought mike myers on like were scenes recontextualized or was the whole movie kept the same and mike myers just redid his dialogue or did they re you know imagine a bunch of stuff to fit this new version better yeah i don't know i just feel like if you get a bunch of creative people who make movies in a room and then you give them like three or four more years to make it a lot's gonna change you know what i mean for sure for sure but all right i'm done with lore i need my appetizer my real appetizer now jim it is time hit me with some juicy box office numbers numbers dates numbers numbers dates array dates numbers show me the money all right so box office shrek shrek opens may 18th 2001 opening weekend surprise surprise it opens number one we talked about this in our mummy returns episode um with 42.3 million dollars that's uh that's none too shabby especially for such uh gamble probably at the time you got this new studio you're wondering how these movies are gonna fare it's a movie that's taking down the big huge corporate animated giant disney so it's at 42.3 is good 42.3 jim is good enough 
for this movie to tie Scary Movie. Scary Movie also made 42.3 in its opening weekend. So that movie will slot in right next to Scary Movie where they sit just ahead of The Perfect Storm and just behind How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, I know. I mean, 42.3 is a good opening. And it beats out Mummy Returns like we talked about. It also, A Knight's Tale is making its run at this point. I'm not sure if we talked about that in Mummy Returns. Other classic. But that's briefly that is made. a strong contender for my pick <laughs> in, in an upcoming episode oh that's a great movie uh, yeah and so like what i'm pretty sure is the story for every movie we've done so far shrek opens number one right uh and correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think we've run into one yet where it didn't open number one and no, i think every movie we've done so far has opened number one yeah shrek not gonna go on a run here surprising uh, and it's in its second week it holds it actually goes up 0.3 percent instead of oh, having shit. a drop it holds 42.4 million Ooh. well the following so weekend's like probably right... well, it's memorial day is the following weekend probably yeah right? the following weekend's the 25th yeah. to the 27th so okay. i can't i don't i haven't looked this up but i'm assuming that's memorial day weekend sounds about right if it held like that it was definitely memorial day weekend do you want to take a guess at what beats it? Think Unfortunately, no. What beats it? Oh, you know what it is. All right, never mind. Because I watched it not too long ago, unfortunately, to try and see if it is aged any better in my eyes. And I'm going to tell you that it was the 2001 bomb, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it's honestly, one of the biggest bombs of all time, right? Yeah, pun very much intended. <laughs> We uh we talked a few weeks ago about in our review episode that our year in review episode that the Flash um is one of the biggest bombs of all time, probably took the title from this movie. <laughs> like this movie was like notoriously really bad and really a failure. Uh, but it did open to number one with fifty nine million dollars. Jesus Christ! It stays in the top ten for eight weeks. It falls out in its ninth week uh, on July thirteenth to the fifteenth jumps back in though for one oh, week yeah i think like oh, two okay two weekends later it jumps back into the top 10 for one more week i don't know what was going on there probably nothing was coming out but it just I, i'm looking there i see it dives back in for one more week that week that it jumps back in for is yeah. the number one opening uh weekend for another movie that i'm pretty sure we're going to be doing here um in just a few weeks which is <laughs> well we kind of teased it in a previous episode but it's planet of the apes oh boy <laughs> yeah. dude that's i don't i don't be... know is that the next episode i don't think it so, is right? it is not the next episode but it is very soon on the list i think there might be one or two movies in between it but it's it's coming yeah. Oh, all right. So, okay. There, there definitely is at least one that I see here. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So nine weeks in the top 10, that's solid. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's up there. Now that's going to join the ranks of gladiator, which also is, sits at nine weeks uh, in the number four position. So it's going to join gladiator in the number four position right there, just ahead of the lost world and the Grinch that both sit at eight weeks and then just behind Castaway, which sits at 10 weeks in the top 10. 
So that's Good a, that's a yeah. resounding success for Shrek, especially considering people were getting demoted to this movie. Yeah, right. Well, it's interesting how that works out, right? Um, and then, yeah, just some totals really fast. It finishes uh, domestic 267.8 million, international 216.7 million for a worldwide total of 484, let's call it 0.6 million. That 484 is good enough once again to slot this movie right behind Gladiator. So now Shrek will sit in the seventh position, just behind Gladiator and just ahead of The Mummy Returns is $435 million. So yeah, Shrek and did you... pretty damn good. And I think this movie did better than any Disney movie did that year, at least animated-wise. Because the mid-2000s, Disney really hits that slump as far as animated movie goes. They were they really had like fallen out of the renaissance in this area, and they're really struggling to figure out what that next era of Disney animated movies are gonna look like. Without Pixar in these in in these mid-2000s years, the Disney animated movie was really struggling. So so Shrek came around at just the right time for DreamWorks to really soar here. Yeah, and I mean we'll probably get into this more later, but it's like you were saying where it really is kind of a a thumb in the eye of the the disney tropes you know what i mean it's yeah. really making fun of all the princess all the disney princessness of it and it's a very you know it's playing on those same things and it's targeting the same audience but it's really like really making fun of them in a, in a way that i remember really appreciating as a kid like as a 10 11 year old kid i thought that was hilarious yeah, and it, it hit right around the time where we were just at that age where that would really resonate with us. It's funny, too, looking back on it now, that after Shrek comes out, you don't see any Disney princess movies for a while. Yeah, I guess what would the next one be? I, th I think after... Because before 2001, I think the last one they did was either Pocahontas or Mulan. Then we don't see one again. Yeah, I think Mulan was after Pocahontas. Yeah, and then the next one that I can think of is The Princess and the Frog in like 2008. Which, yeah, that is a good chunk of time. Which, that's a huge chunk of time to go past. Because I remember when we were in high school in that era around when like Shrek is big right now, that you're getting movies like Home on the Range, Meet the Robinsons, just these pitiful attempts by the disney animation <laughs> studio to make these hey. movies that weren't princess movies hey, i kind of so, liked meet the robinsons <laughs> <laughs> i actually never saw meet the robinsons so i can't really speak to that one but no, i remember okay. I home on the range being atrocious i, don't I remember us saw that one i remember I mean, us like... enjoying chicken little when we went and saw it but again that's that's so far and away different than the renaissance era of disney that you look at like you could really yeah. tell that they're just throwing stuff it, the mid-2000s disney animated movies really feel and remind me of disney now where they're really just trying to find their legs creatively again yeah i could see that i mean and in this same time frame there's a lot of great pixar movies coming out right this is so where like, they're pixar... not just making like princess movies but yeah like no no well this is where they're talking they're about really like relying. what's wally like 2005 maybe no i think wally was later than that wally was like 2008 Oh, is it really that late? Yeah. Ratatouille was 07. Finding Nemo was 03. 
Okay, yeah. So I mean, right. You're, Pixar, like, that comes out like... Yeah, Pixar really takes the lead here in just keeping Disney animation at, you know, a high here. But yeah, the the princess movie probably doesn't make a big comeback until what, like Tangled, maybe Moana. But even yeah. Moana's like kind of breaking yeah. that mold, right? Not till the really yeah, the same. not till the twenty tens when you get like Tangled, Moana, Frozen. And even yeah, though so... they're not as big now, I still think they do really well. Encanto was really big, although I don't even know if Mirabelle is considered like a Disney princess or not. Yeah. Um, but and so, and somewhere on the infinitesimal chance that jeffrey katzenberg is listening to this he's very upset that we're talking more about disney in our shrek episode than <laughs> shrek. i'm sorry jeff i'm sorry sorry well we're bringing it back we're bringing it back. but jeff yeah, jeff you yeah. should consider this a pro because shrek was so good and influential in what it did that it basically yeah. ruined disney for making princess movies for like eight years man yeah 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 did no right did so i think we covered well. it it's like it hits in this kind of lull and it really makes these princess movies totally uncool for the foreseeable future. Exactly. He basically makes it, you know, a, a death sentence. Don't, don't do this right now because the, which I'm realizing, I think we skipped over something here. What? What do you remember from seeing this movie in theaters? Oh, that's right. We did not even discuss the memories. memories. Yeah, some... Yes. My memory of seeing this in theaters was going with my brother uh where i'm i'm officially in the era now where jackie and big rob feel comfortable enough to drop us off at the theater and leave us there alone uh so me and zach went and saw this movie and i loved it this this was a movie when i was a kid that immediately like we said you know it was a takedown of all that stuff that you grew up on and it came at right we were right at the right age for this to really resonate and hit hard for us where I just completely dug every joke in this and loved that it was such a takedown of that Disney culture. What about you? Do you have any, Matt? Did you see this one in theaters? This is the first movie that I can definitively say. I saw it in theaters. My dad took me and my two younger siblings to see Shrek when it came out. And yeah, I I loved it, dude. I was like exactly the right age. I was a big Mike Myers fan already at this point because again, I had older brothers and one of their movies that they really liked. I don't know if you've ever seen So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes, I have. So great story about the first time I saw that movie real quick. It was, we were seniors in high school the first time I saw that movie. And the reason that I saw it was because I really didn't feel like going to school that day. And since we could drive ourselves, Big Rob, you know, wasn't waiting for me. He took Zach to school and then left for work. So I was at home still getting ready. Decided yeah. I didn't want to go to school. So I stayed home, called the school myself, pretending to be Big Rob, and was like, oh, my son is sick. He can't come to school today. He's, he's sick. And then hung up. But apparently I was so unconvincing because the school then immediately called my dad's cell phone to confirm and my dad was just like, yeah, he is sick today. And then he called me immediately. And he's like, if that house isn't fucking spotless, by the time I get home later, you're dead. <laughs> so I couldn't even enjoy So I Married an Ex-Murderer while I was watching it. Because <laughs> then I was so oh, worried that I was going to get murdered when Big Rob came home. That's funny. <laughs> That's my, funny. my terrible attempt yeah. at uh, no. calling myself out of six. So, 
Yeah. So no, so but Shrek had Mike Myers in it. I had seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, and I did not fake sick from school to see it. So I was allowed to enjoy it. Um and it had Smash Mouth's All Star in it, which for me was a big deal at the time. <laughs> like, that was the quintessential. That was a quintessential song from when we were kids. That song was everywhere. Yeah, I, it's a, that song's a big deal now, and it's kind of funny, and it's a meme, and people joke about it. But I don't know if people really understand just how big of a deal that song was in like 1999 or 2000, whenever it came out. It was like the very Absolutely. early 2000s. And, and completely um, unironic, too, because I feel like a lot of it today yes. is very ironically loved, whereas back then, everybody just legit loved that song. That song was the most popular song by a million miles. And like, I like genuinely loved it when I was a kid. I was like, it came on in the bowling alley and I was like, tap my toes, man. I dug that song. I burned out that CD listening to it so much. That Smash Mouth yeah. CD. Yeah. Oh, you burned it out? You oh, might I burned well. it out. Okay, <laughs> yeah, dude, a, a collection of hits on that album too, man. That song yeah. bops. <laughs> Right? Doesn't that one start with it's like the alarm? Do 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 do. Good morning. I dude, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it starts. That's the only thing I remember about Smash Mouth is that one hook and then the the entirety of the song All Star. Because it's also like, are the lyrics to that song not completely burned into your brain like 25 years later? Absolutely. You, somebody I, starts like, playing you it could, and you're. I know every word. I can't help but say them. <laughs> There's. Yeah. So... Did it was it it was huge before right? it was a summer anthem before Shrek used it right I'm pretty sure yeah and like there was we talked about uh Barbie and Oppenheimer in our episode a few weeks ago how they were this kind of conflagration of things that really just like both raised each other up and the really Shrek and the song All-Star kind of the same thing here because like, <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure All-Star was a really big deal before Shrek right and Shrek yeah. was a good movie with or without the song All-Star. But when you put the two together, it created such a phenomenon <laughs> that, that it still lives to this day, man. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. I still get excited thinking about it. I'm like a 35-year-old man. And it's one of those things that really accentuates how important music is in movies sometimes. Yeah. It's crazy how well that fits there and, and how it just sets the stage for the type of movie you're about to see. Yeah. And listen, the media men may beg to differ. All right. Judging by the hole in the satellite picture, I'm just saying. Like, oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Settle down over there. <laughs> all right. So, no. So, I do remember seeing this and I do remember thinking it was great. And it's again largely due to the song all-star it's hard to put into words how big of a deal this was in my elementary school like everybody loved shrek it oh was this huge. this was a huge deal everywhere too because not only did this movie do well critically it did well commercially it did well award season also this movie won the first ever award for best animated feature nice what was it up against the only other movie i know from that year that was in there was monsters inc okay that, I Which, mean, ooh, that's, that's a tough a, that's race a right tough that's one, yeah man. that's a tough race right there because monsters inc is also a phenomenal fucking movie right there 
Yeah, I agree. Yes, it was a really good movie. Let me yeah. look up really quick. Another interesting tidbit is that that I didn't expect. I, I knew it won Best Animated Feature. I didn't know that it was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Wow, yeah. And Which we didn't kind know of cracks it was adapted. Until... Yeah. And yeah, now we know it was adapted. It, it lost to A Beautiful Mind. Which, okay, that's fair, I think. So you had one right. It beat out Monsters Inc. for the first and ever Best Animated Film Award. Mm-hmm. Do you you don't know the second the, the other one, right? Uh two thousand and one. No, I can't think of it. Okay, so this was back when they still only had three movies. I'll give you one hint. It was only had three movies. Movie. Is it? Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I know what it is. Is it Jimmy yeah. Neutron? It's Jimmy Neutron's yeah. Boy Genius, <laughs> which. I am going to preface this by saying I might need to go back and rewatch Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, but I think this is going to show us right now that the best animated film category, not what it is today. It used to be much lighter. (laughs) Much, much lighter. And Jim, don't you worry about revisiting Jimmy Neutron. You will be revisiting Jimmy Neutron not too long (laughs) from now. No way. Uh, did you see Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius? In the- I, you got that right, I did. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be such a horrible one. <laughs> no. no, I mean, you know what, though? It got nominated for an Oscar. Let's give it a shot. That's an I'm Oscar-nominated sure movie, Jim, all right? Why don't you give it some respect on that name, all right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did love that show back in the day. So did I, but I couldn't tell you. I, I can't tell you the last time I even watched a, a minute of Jimmy Neutron. So that'll be an interesting one to go back to. Very, very funny. So that's that's in your future, Jim. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. Looking forward to so, that. But enough about so Jimmy yeah. Neutron. Let's let's dive into Shrek. How how was returning to the world of Shrek for you, rewatching the first Shrek uh in however long it's been? I, I mean, I liked it. It's still a really funny movie. Um, I thought I thought the premise of it was really good. I thought John Lithgow as Farquaad is is still hilarious, like the short, like ineffectual lord. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like, it's still it still really did everything that I remember it doing. And like, there was even parts that I didn't quite remember or like kind of went over my head. Like the whole dating game thing um, was oh, so when, funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's one of those ones where I love their plethora of silly supporting characters. Like his his right-hand man, Thelonious, when he's like, two, my lord, pick two. But he's holding up three <laughs> yeah. fingers. It's like, I, I cry yeah. every time. Yeah, but so, dude, some of the jokes in those intros were so good. Like... I lost it. And this, like, this is again, like those adult jokes in animated movies that you don't really pick up on when you're 10. But when they're yeah. like, even though she lives with seven guys, she's not easy. And then, like, the yeah. rim shot hits. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, there really is a plethora of jokes that would go right over your head as a kid, but hit so well watching it as an adult now. Like it it took me so many years to realize that John Lithgow's character, Lord Farquaad, sounded like fuckwad. 
<laughs> every every time they say his name, it sounds like they're just saying fuckwad. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's give it a listen. Lord Farquaad. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I kind of hear it. Yeah, I kind of hear it now that you say it. Let's look like one more, one more here. Hold on, let's let's give it. Lord Farquaad. <laughs> yeah, like now that you mention it, I think that's exactly what they were going for. <laughs> oh my god, oh, man, that's yeah, so, so funny. <laughs> Yeah, like the little stuff like that too. That the like the three little pigs just speak in those like hilarious, over the top, ridiculous accents. Yeah, well, every every fairy tale character that they put in this, they manage to make them all sound uniquely hilarious. Like like you said that the three little pigs, the the three blind mice was like Gerald, is that you? Like they just sound like <laughs> yeah. three fumbling like doofuses. Like yeah, they, 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 <laughs> oh, like, stumble into his living room yeah um no so like yeah i don't know like they they did exactly what they set out to do which was like parody and make fun of all these like fairy tale stories and they like they nail every one of them you know and that's definitely the biggest pro for this movie is they really really come through on lampooning all of those brothers grim movies and, and i feel like this is a movie that it's first half for me works a lot better than its second half because the first half is so chock full of just that bit after bit after bit after bit of them sending up all of those like the whole opening 20 to 25 minutes where he comes across all the fairy tale creatures in his swamp is pure gold like he deals yeah. with the three blind mice and then the they throw the seven dwarfs throw snow white on the table and he's like no no dead broad off the table and they're like <laughs> yeah, where are we like, supposed to put it take it and like the big bad wolf is in there like... yeah, yeah. and then yeah and then the three little pigs talk about uh farquad again right he hoofed and he puffed and he signed an eviction notice it's just it's so goddamn good <laughs> yeah so no yeah it's like they really like they ham it up and they lean into all the the silly things we know about these stories but they turn like they meld it with them invading shrek swamp and i love uh i love when he's like talking about like kicking them out and how he's gonna go to lord lord farquaad and like tell him what's what and like they're all like yeah like they just start cheering for him they're like this guy's the man yeah they're like that's exactly what we want too i love how too like they're not even scared of him like they he comes out and they're spooked at first but then he walks out and a bunch of them just run around him and then run into his house and lock him out yeah, like, yeah, cracks, yeah. It cracks me up every time. Oh, dude, this movie is so silly. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, this is all after he meets Donkey, who is another, like, Eddie Murphy to me is so funny in this movie. He's per, and he's his one, especially. I feel like I would have loved to read the shoot, the actual script before Eddie Murphy came in and did his lines. Because so much of it, I feel like, is just Eddie Murphy just riffing. Like, all the songs he randomly sings. Just everything yeah. about him is just so hilariously over the top. And I feel a lot of it was... I wonder if it was very much in the sense of when, like, Robin Williams did The Genie, where they just put Robin Williams in a room and let him go nuts, and then they animated around him. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see, like, exactly what you're talking about being what they did, yeah. 
and I'm trying to I'm gonna go look back through his IMDb really fast because um even when you first he, meet Donkey, he does like that he has that ridiculous line when he first gets the fairy dust and he's like, Yeah, he's like, I bet you seen a superfly, but you ain't never seen like he just starts rattling off all of these references with the fly in the title. Like his play on word delivery is so damn good. Yeah. I mean, okay, so this is kind of like a continuation of something that starts to happen with Eddie Murphy, like in the late 90s, right? Where, you know, he's this brash stand-up comedian, and he's known for, like, having a pretty dirty act, right? If I remember correctly. Um, you know, he's been in movies, but none of them are really, like, what I would call, like, kids' movies. And then, like, The Nutty Professor is maybe kind of on that line, but then he does a voice in Mulan. He does Mushu in Mulan. He does Dr. Doolittle, which is definitely a kid's movie. A uh, couple more like not so kids movies and then Shrek. And this is probably the thing that really cements him, right? As like the, he's still doing his Eddie Murphy shtick, right? But like, this yeah. is the kind of thing where I just, I don't know that there's ever any going back to what Eddie Murphy was before after Shrek comes out. You know what I mean? He, like, it's he like, really... feels like this is what he does now. Yeah. And you, I mean, you see him pivot after this, he, daddy daycare, um, yep, yep. How, the Adventures of Pluto Nash was yeah, a very silly one. How many just like family friendly yeah, movies do you see him do now? He This totally pivots his career in the later half of his stage now where he's just going to hone in on those kids movies and try and just replicate that easy success that you yeah. see from here in Shrek. And, it, you know, uh, some worked better than others. But when you put him in something like this, where you really let him swing for the fences and it it works completely well. Every time he utters most things in this movie, I'm crying. Yeah, he, he's just he's such a good like foil. And maybe I don't know, maybe I'm not using that word correctly, but like he just plays so well off of Shrek. You know what I mean? Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, especially because, like, the whole point of their relationship throughout the beginning, and really through most of the movie, is that they, like, Shrek can't stand him, right? Like, uh, the whole time, he's basically saying... Can't get rid of him. <laughs> you know? And, like, so, like, it's just cool. Like, he plays... Again, we talk about this kind of, like, straight man and then, like, guy-making-jokes relationship a lot, where, like, Shrek kind of plays, like, the annoyed, you know, straight man... And Donkey just like hammers him over and over and over again. Like he he's never a, lets up, you know? He's a great color commentator. Yeah, to his, exactly. To his, to his straight man. But it works because that's the dynamic of the movie is you see Shrek is this ogre that, you know, is scaring all these people away, but really all he wants is a friend and to not be alone. And Donkey comes along, who is this guy that is not taken by any of the usual defense mechanisms that Shrek has up. And immediately breaks right. his core. Like when he comes up and and Shrek does the the big scream in Donkey's face to get rid of him, and Donkey just no sells it whatsoever, and he's just like, <laughs> "Wow, that's really scary!" Like, and he's just like running around <laughs> with him. So he's like, I bet that gets yeah. all the people. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You're not right. scared." <laughs> yeah. You like want to take the Donkey... um, minty freshness? Donkey is exactly what Shrek needs. You're right. Like he needs for somebody to just treat him like like he's normal, and that like like there's nothing like wrong with him or anything. Yeah, yeah like edit they they just play off of each other so well. So uh, the, their relationship is is really what 
sells a large portion of this movie because their interactions against each other are so great. Especially, I love the moments, you know, as they start to become more friendly with each other on this journey and Shrek is starting to let his guard down and you see Shrek start to make those silly jokes that Shrek thinks is funny, but don't land for donkey at all. Like it goes right over his head. Like when they yeah. first show up to Lord Farquaad's castle and he's like, you think he's compensating for something? And donkey just has <laughs> no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which another great like adult joke, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, another absolute classic right there is seeing his huge castle and he's a short diminutive man. So he's like, you think he's compensating for something? It's like, that's yeah, a great, yeah. that's a great dick joke right there. Dude, and you, you know, I'm a total sucker for those kind of like Abbott and Costello, like comedy routine kind of things. Absolutely. And, uh, since you brought up Lord Farquaad again, when they interrogate the gingerbread man is still oh. so funny to me to this day. <laughs> so especially because it's so over the top absurd. Because, yeah. because at the same time, you never really find out what he's interrogating him for. Because in the middle of the interrogation, <laughs> they come in with the mirror. So you never right. really know what he's trying to get out of the right. gingerbread. They come in at the mirror, and God, whoever does the the gingerbread man's voice, dude, when they come in with the mirror, and he's all, "Don't tell him anything." Just absolutely top notch, dude. It cracks me up. But even before that, when he's like interrogating him, and and Gingy is like going to take him on a goose chase right now, and he's like, "Okay, uh, you know." The Muffin Man. The Muffin yeah, Man? Well, muffin yeah. Man. And that's the routine. They're just saying, like, word the for word, word, the lyrics to the Muffin Man. But yeah. the way their inflection is and the context yeah. of the scene makes it so well, funny. It's such a good bit. She's married to the Muffin Married to the Muffin Man. <laughs> and he's like, the Muffin Man? Who lives on Drury Lane? <laughs> like, that's so and it's just so much better that it's John Lithgow because he like only he can sell that quite so good. You know what I mean? Uh, he's John Lithgow was <laughs> picture perfect for this role. He, yes. he 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 does so well, and he he's one of those actors too that can add that gravitas to it in such a short amount of time. Because Lord Farquaad is not a like he's missing from the entire middle of this movie, so it's a testament yeah. to how good of an actor he is that he sells the few scenes that you have with him in it and, yeah. and totally makes you hate this guy. It's great. I mean, yeah, you're right. He doesn't really have that much screen time, right? Like, yeah, it's he's like in pretty the, non-existent. Yeah, you see him in the beginning and then we see him at the end. But the entire middle where Shrek and Donkey are going to get, you know, Princess Fiona and back, you never see, we don't see anything with him. Yeah. Yeah, no, but he's he's so funny. I like... I like all the like stupid little gags in this movie. Like, I One don't of know my... why it gets such a belly laugh out of me. But when yeah. they first get to Dulac and that guy, the mascot starts yeah. running away from him, but he won't go outside the like stanchions. Like he's the like, running inside the line. <laughs> uh, that's another bit. Like even further on that is that that's just the castle where everybody lives. Like, why are there stanchion poles to get in? Like, right, and there's like the right. turnstiles, like, like, like it's like you're going into Disney World. It's, and then yeah, they have yeah, the, like, totally. it's a small world song, kind of. Where, right, right. Welcome to do life. <laughs> Shine your shoes, wipe your face. 
<laughs> yeah. Donkey's just like, yeah, wow, let's, let's do that again. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what works so no, good because Donkey's the the glass half full guy and Shrek is the glass half empty guy, so they just completely accentuate each other. Like they'll see that and Shrek is like, "What the fuck was that?" And Donkey is like, "Yeah, we gotta watch that again." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> totally, yeah." Well, well that was like all one those, of my favorite. All those little gags crack me up. Oh dude. yeah, they're like, amazing. Just those little sight gags. And th- that leads into one of my favorite bits too. Is I love when movies bring professional wrestling into their bits and there's just oh, the yeah. whole bit where because like it, it's so funny that shrek and them show up and lithgow is like new plan whoever kills the ogre gets to be my champion and for whatever reason there's kind of like the horse stable in there but it's set up like a wrestling ring yeah right there's and shrek just houses yeah. everybody yeah shrek gets in there and he just starts doing pile drivers <laughs> Can't we settle this over a pint? No. <laughs> you t- you brought up that middle of that movie though, where he like it basically it shifts gears in a big way, where Lifgal, like you said, takes a backseat, and all of a sudden it becomes more about Shrek and this princess. What did you think about that whole middle section? So I still like all of this all the way through. I think the latter half of this movie, this time around, for me kind of loses a bit of its steam okay since we're kind of pivoting into it's not so much the it's it's still lampooning a lot about what you know the go get the princess journey is like but at the same time lacks the kind of punch that the beginning had but i still i still enjoy it the only part I would disagree with you on is um, when Mon- Monsieur Hood shows up. <laughs> that's I was. That's what I was literally about to say. But but that yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. one of the ones where it still really it's hits just, there. That whole song that they do, dude, is so funny. <laughs> and that's another one with jokes that just go right over your head when he makes the getting yeah. laid joke. Can I yeah, love to get yeah. paid? Yeah. When there's a lady My in the bush, that's bad. That's bad. That's really, really bad. Yeah. And like, it's and so silly. Else and he's like, that makes him mad. Yeah, mad. Yes, really, really mad. <laughs> like, doing, How like, rude the a story, like, snaps. Dude, yeah. It's so silly. <laughs> it's, it's so absolutely absurd. Yeah. I, and I think and the, then maybe the only uh, maybe the only Matrix ripoff fight scene that, in a movie that uh, I liked. Yeah, <laughs> we I don't remember if we talked about this in our scary movie episode, but um, it's like that time frame. Literally every movie was making fun of like the the special well, physics stopping. from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, and so like I kind of like this one when she's beating up all the Mister Hood guys, and she does like the jumping spin, like crane kick, yeah. and like fixes her hair and then finishes it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that part really hits, and I mean, this is this is really a nitpick. Is I mean, how much can you really complain about it when it's an animated movie? But it it feels like they really just rush through Shrek and Fiona falling in love. Like yeah. it's it's literally just like a montage of them walking back and they're into each other. Yeah, I mean when you think about it though, they're both really lonely people. <laughs> so oh, I, like, I, I I know, I know. It's not totally beyond the realm of possibility to me that like the first time somebody smiles at either one of them, they're like, All right, let's get married. <laughs> like, yeah. 
the the scene when they yeah the scene when when he saves fiona too also has one of my favorite running gags in film and television where somebody puts like not even a really good mask on where you could still see their face but you don't she doesn't realize that it's an ogre until he takes uh, the helmet off and it's like i love that bit in movies when they do that or like it's clearly like like the same we were talking about teenage mutant ninja turtles not too long ago the one we grew up on when ralph goes to the movies and he's just wearing a trench coat and a fedora and nobody knows it's a turtle yeah yeah, like totally. I like that might be one of my favorite tropes in in movies is is when they do shit like that. So that 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 went a long way for me too, and, and cracked me up. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, but I like I see what you're saying. It's a nitpick. Like they do kind of fall for each other quickly. It's literally um, just it's just a montage, and then they're into it. And it's really like in the the montage is funny and silly, but it's it's so quick and just non sequiturs and then they're into each yeah. other like she just yeah. she catches a, a web of spiders for him to eat and like yeah, they blow yeah. they blow the frog and the snake into balloons like it's just it's so silly and over the top and i yeah, guess a little like, too saccharine at that when, point when do you think the last time shrek had fun with anyone is <laughs> Oh, you know what I nev- mean? Like, never, never in his life. Right. But no, I can, right. I can get him really falling for her quickly. I mean, I guess to your point too. Yeah, she's also been alone in a castle for so yeah, long. She's, she's lived in a tower for like her whole life, waiting for to marry the guy who rescued her. It could have been literally anything, and she would have been falling for. It. <laughs> sure. No, it I definitely, is, it definitely is a nitpick. But that's one of those things in the movie that feels like they kind of like speed run through it, like it's very quick. Yeah. But again, it's well, it's no, it's I'm, a it's I'm a being nitpick. A little, yeah, I'm being a little silly, but I guess the way I would put it is this, right? Like, if you had to pick between that movie staying, what is it like, eighty five minutes, like ninety minutes at most? Yeah. So like between, if you had to pick between that movie staying at. 85 to 90 minutes exactly how it is or adding another 10 minutes to see them fall in love more which one do you pick keeping it as it is yeah right me too so that's like i I definitely see where you're coming from but agree that it's probably like a nitpick yeah it's just a tiny nitpick it's just something you notice watching it going around this time and i know it's definitely intentional but the animation style really is jarring at times especially watching it now I was like they I was like I know they definitely made this crude on purpose but it just felt know. like watching think... it now it looked more it definitely looked more dated than I remembered it looking it definitely does and I think that goes to what we were talking about earlier where you probably remember the later Shrek movies more for how it for looks sure. um but yeah I don't know that that was necessarily on purpose I think that that was probably just this was like their fifth movie and Computer I mean, it's entire graphics were like pretty new at the time. You know what I entirely mean? Entirely possible. Uh, it, I don't know. I kind of chalked it up to they were, you know, trying to make more of the like crude how the brothers Grimm fairy tales actually looked, as opposed to, you know, the Disneyification of them. Yeah. No, I mean that that very well could be. I hadn't even thought yeah, of that. It's possible, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's still it's. It's 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 just a fun movie. It's one of those movies where it, it, we talk about it a lot of times with movies like this, where you know it's really tough to level, you know, really impactful critiques because at the end of the day, it's 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 an animated kids movie like it's Shrek. Like or 
Like how, do, yeah. unless it's like unbearable, how much do you really have to like complain about in the movie? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of like why I would pick the, keeping it the way it is and keeping it like 85 minutes. Because to me, in that middle, there's definitely still some funny parts, but it's like right on the brink of being unbearable. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like right on the brink, but they like managed to kind of skate that line and then bring it back into funny stuff, which like really kept me invested. Yeah. Also, they, they managed to keep it to toe the line in this one. But it's really insane that somebody sat in the office when they decided to make this into a franchise and they were like, yeah, so Donkey and Dragon are going to fucking have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's like, what? Such an, such this an is, absurd trust. This is This is a kid's movie, man. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, though. Like, that, it is, but it's they, just, it's still so insane. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. That that's how a lot of those movies would end, though. It'd be like, and then they had a baby. You know what I mean? Oh, so, you're like, a was, girl dragon. It was, yeah, it was another way to like keep that in there, but to do it in the most absurd way possible that that this movie allowed. You know, yeah. which is and, uh, this obnoxious talking donkey somehow impregnates that giant dragon. <laughs> so fucking absurd. Yeah, I love you, you to. Else, when... uh... Go on, go, no, on, go ahead. So the one I was gonna say is, is is quick is I love when they when Dragon flies Donkey and Shrek to the wedding and they drop them off and Donkey just looks at her and he's like go have some fun and she just goes and just starts mauling like <laughs> yeah. knights around the air. Yeah. Dude, I was actually gonna bring up around that same part. I love the way that they interrupt the wedding. <laughs> and oh, yeah. like, no, no, no. You're supposed to wait until he asks if anybody has any reason for them not to. <laughs> and he's like, it's like throwing, throwing a donkey in the air so you can see. Oh, I think they the said wedding. it already. <laughs> yeah. That's like one of my favorite gags in the whole movie, dude. Because that's another thing that happened, used to happen in, mov in movies all the time, yeah. right? Like, uh, if anybody uh, objects to this wedding. Yeah, and such like a somehow... thing. That's one of those things when you watch so many movies as a kid that you think that's like a real thing. Yeah, it's like, it's like quicksand. In right mind, I thought I was going to run into that way yeah. more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I could never imagine being at a wedding and somebody offering up if anyone objects, speak now. Like, what? I think yeah. we're way past the time for anyone to object <laughs> right. to this shit. Like, it's like. It's so like, insane. Is that like the law? Do you need to ask that? Who told you to ask that? It's <laughs> <Like, laughs> so that that whole wedding scene is also great because it also kind of reminds me of one of the things we were joking about in Gladiator, where it must have been hilarious to be a citizen at that wedding because you just watch your king get murdered by a dragon and you're just like, yeah, did our king just get fucking eaten? And these ogres like, are now like, are these ogres are yeah. rulers now? Like, are they like in charge? I don't know, yeah. man. But they're all just like clapping at the end, like, oh, it's a love. It's so so sweet. So we love. It's so beautiful. Like it's like, yeah, yo, yeah. Rack just completely ruined this this kingdom. <laughs> who's who's gonna lead us now? Yeah, but dude, he's he wrecked the kingdom, but he saved Fiona's life, and that's what matters. One thing I do have to take this movie to task for, and it's yeah. something that DreamWorks and now Illumination can't help but do, is Shrek really kicked off the animated movie of shoehorning in unnecessary hit songs. 
Like we talked so much about Smash Mouth in this, but there's so many like not nearly in their right fucking mind was like, yo, we should take the absolutely serious and glorious song. Hallelujah. And put it in this movie to show our characters at their lowest. Like I, I can never hear that fucking song ever again without thinking Which about Shrek just in? like sl- what is that? Oh, that's in this movie. That's right? in this one. Yeah. After <laughs> after Shrek tells Donkey to fuck off and Fiona goes to to marry Farquaad, like that song plays yeah. and it shows all yeah. like Shrek is at his table like alone and like he can't like do it. It's like. Get it's pretty silly. It's pretty silly, dude. And then now you fast forward and you see all these songs in everything these days. Like, look at the Mario movie that just came out. And they shoehorn so many of those just unnecessary pop and, you know, just mainstream songs into these movies. And I feel like Shrek is the movie that really launched that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the one that launched it, but I just think like that's never going anywhere. <laughs> and like, it, like kids just are dumb, dude. So like, you put like <laughs> really popular music in a movie, and they're like, "Oh my god, I love that popular music." <laughs> like, uh, no, I know. And I, again, it's it's a nitpick thing, but I I I have to take Shrek to task for it because no, the hollow the hallelujah part is really silly. <laughs> it's so it's so goddamn silly. Like so silly that I almost wonder, like you were wondering, like did the, is that kind of the joke? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, am I like on the joke. Yeah, like were now, they? Were, did somebody hear Hallelujah and was like, "We have to put that in there because that would be the funniest shit ever <laughs> yeah. to show them at their lowest as we play Hallelujah." Right, because that dude, that's another like trope. Like maybe not even in princess movies, but just in every movie, like where there's always that part where they're at their lowest, like right around that point of the movie. So, I don't know. I could see them really leaning into it and being like, what's the hammiest, silliest song we can play? While we can play right there. Around? Yeah. And then they do it again to 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 just play us out. They're like, what if we, we're going to have the fairy tale creatures play in a band at the end, and they're just going to play I'm a Believer. It's yeah, they like, sing what? the and monkeys, like, dude. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Like, why not? Dude, why the fuck not? I, I have a vivid memory of going on, like, I think it was a field trip where did you ever be on like one of those buses where they could play TV on it? Yeah. And so we were on one of those buses and we played the Shrek VHS at the time or like whatever it was, maybe it was a DVD. I don't remember. Oh. Um, but like we played Shrek and I remember all of us like dancing and singing along to the I'm a believer at the end. <laughs> like... I mean, it, it really, it really hypes you up for the end of that movie, man. When, when Eddie, when Eddie Murphy's just like, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I believe. You're like, yeah. yeah. Really, all it is is all the animators who got shrekt from Prince of Egypt. They're like, they wouldn't let us do I'm a believer in Prince of Egypt. We got to do it over here. Old, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that one also cracks me up because they're just like, we're gonna sing that, and then we're just gonna have like Pinocchio like start break dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fucking absurd. Yeah, when they were gonna do it in Prince of Egypt, that Moses was gonna be breakdancing, but they had to change it once they went to Shrek. Moses breakdancing. I'm a believer. Yeah. Were no. they gonna play that when he when he meets the burning bush? I'm just saying, you're telling me Moses wasn't a believer. He was a believer, man. I saw the I saw the movie. Absolutely was a believer. I didn't see that movie until just recently, actually, and it was surprising. Oh, really? Very good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that I, one. I, that... I rewatched it a couple of years ago. It was. Yeah, that oof, one. It's still so good. Yeah, that one had slipped by me. I think that's all I got for the likes and don't likes. I mean, I mostly liked it, but it's like a silly kids movie. That's kind of exactly. Like it's it's one of those ones that, as we said, the dislikes are mostly just nitpicks. It's nothing that actively hurts what is just a fun, enjoyable animated classic right there. Do we want to take a look at some IMDb? Baby, hit me with some this or that. You can go with this or you can go with that. Right, who is up first in this deep dive, Jim? Who are we diving into? So I think we should start with Mike Myers, right? Starting oh, with ass. the star is oh, probably yeah. a pretty good, uh, pretty good way to go. So I'm gonna say for Shrek or Austin Powers. And when I say Austin Powers, what I want you to do is I want you to tell me where in a list of four movies does Shrek fall a list of four so all austin powers movies we're doing you're yeah like all like, three of them yeah like do you put it above any of them do you put it above all of them do you put it above none of them so i would put it above the third one and then i would wow. put the first two austin powers movies ahead of shrek interesting okay i'm gonna I, put shrek no go ahead i love the first two austin powers movies I'm a little surprised to hear that you don't love Goldmember as much. <laughs> I do love Goldmember, but I think Shrek has the better parody stuff in it. Goldmember gets a little tired at times. That's fair. That's I fair. do, but I do still love Goldmember. Where, where do you put, put it? I'm going to put Shrek fourth on that list. It is Ooh. behind every Austin Powers movie. Every Austin Powers movie. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, very different movie, but we brought it up earlier. Shrek or so i married an axe murderer Shrek. okay yeah i think that's fair i mean i've watched so i married an axe murderer since and it did not hold up to nearly what i remember it being yeah um shrek or wayne's world either one take your pick Shrek. i am gonna take Shrek. Yeah, I'll take oh, Shrek. I like yeah. I like the Wayne's I, World movies. Yeah, I like the Wayne's World movies too, but um but Shrek, definitely. Shrek what is it you or country? Cat in the Hat. Oh man. Now that's you, that's now, what we gotta talk about. Now you're getting in there. Shrek. Come on. <laughs> I think I'll take Shrek, but on the on the caveat that I want to rewatch Cat in the Hat again. Well don't you worry, Jim. Mind. We will be watching Cat in the Hat. Okay, okay, yeah. We'll talk more about it then. then. So it'll be interesting because we say um, Shrek now, and then when we get to the Cat in the Hat episode, it'll be interesting to see if we how we pivot if after we've watched Cat in the Hat again. I haven't seen the Cat in the Hat in a long time. Neither have I, but I remember but it being absolutely insane. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I will absolutely love it this time around when we watch it. But we'll we'll talk more about that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh last one shrek or bohemian rhapsody no, shut off Fuck off. Have to do that. Fuck <laughs> off. all right so moving on i want to do really fast um something a little different we don't often get into writers on this but you mentioned a writing duo earlier on the episode and quite possibly my favorite writing duo yeah remind us who are who are you talking about again 
So two of the writers on this movie are two of the greatest living film writers of all time, in my opinion, at least. And that is Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. So let's go through a couple of their movies. And there is a lot, but I'm going to try again. I'm going to try and stay in the in the same kind of vibe, right? So Shrek or Aladdin? Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah, and it's not particularly close. For Aladdin, Aladdin, just an absolute banger. Shrek or... They, they wrote a movie that we've already talked about here today, another DreamWorks movie. That we've already talked about here today? Oh, did they write The Road to El Dorado? Yes, they did. They did, yeah. They did. I'll take Shrek over The Road to El Dorado. We'll also take Shrek over that, but I do think that movie is criminally underrated. Shrek or Small Soldiers? Dude, see, they dude, they've just written so <laughs> dude, many good I, movies. I haven't even scratched the surface, dude. The reason I didn't get to um the ones you know to, I'm gonna be high on. Well, to the road to El Dorado yet is because I was looking at the late nineties and being like, Oh wow, I gotta see which of these three that I want to say. But also the yeah. first one I'll say is small soldiers. Dude. So I'm still gonna take Shrek, but I love small soldiers. I'm taking small soldiers. Really? All right. All right. Yeah. Did that, that's With, a great... I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but kid me would have taken small soldiers. So yeah. I'm sticking with it. That's, yeah, that movie's a classic. Shrek. Okay. I'm maybe, maybe getting a little out of the vibe here, but these are movies that I can't read and not mention. Shrek or The Mask of Zorro. Dude, see, dude. <laughs> do you see how many good movies they've yes, written? I do. Yes, I do. The Mask of Zorro. That's like one of the best action adventure movies ever made. Yeah, I'll take The Mask of Zorro as well. Uh, I fucking love that movie. I might have to go watch I'm that gonna, one after we finish I'm gonna, this. I'm going to begrudgingly not say Godzilla. I'm going to say Shrek or Treasure Planet. They wrote the 1998 Godzilla? They did. They have a credit on it. I'm not sure. Oh, they have a story credit. They don't have a okay, written so they, they have all right, a so they, All right, good. So that one's not on that. Shh, guys, shh. What was the one you just said? <laughs> Shrek or Treasure Planet? Shrek. Oh, that's tough. I no, think I'm going to take Treasure Planet. That's no, a tough one. I figured you would take that. I suppose I could ask Shrek or Pirates. Let's do Shrek or the first two Pirates movies. Well, the second Pirates movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. So clearly that one. I mean, both Pirate movies are going over Shrek. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I watched both of them pretty recently, actually, like last week. And uh, yes, both of them are above Shrek, in my opinion. And I think I think that pretty much covers it. I, yeah, is there anything really you all can the, think all of the that big I'm missing? Ones. No, because especially after after Pirates, they kind of... It's a shame, really, that they've kind of died out, that we haven't really seen them. It's, it's crazy that... I'm pretty sure they wrote The Lone Ranger with... That Gore Verbinski directed. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah, like and it's it's crazy that because that movie bombs so hard that you haven't seen Gore Verbinski or them really do anything anymore. Yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because it's crazy. Just looking at this, a lot of their work seems to be with Disney. Yeah, um, and The Lone Ranger was like, a, you know, a really bad movie for Disney. <laughs> But it's insane um, that after all the money they've made them between the Pirates movies, Aladdin, all of these movies that literally just cause 
the Lone Ranger didn't perform the way you guys hoped, they're done. Like, fuck off. Yeah. But all right, so now we turn our attention to Jim's favorite portion of the week. Uh, will the list manage to survive another week where we sit back now and give our final ratings? I'm Roger Ebert. Been a scene from the best film of the decade. This is a great film. Thank you for that setup, my man, Roger Ebert, everybody. And yes, it is now time for us to dive into our final ratings for the movie Shrek. Shrek. Shrek, Jim. For the movie Shrek. <laughs> Names are hard. <laughs> Names are hard, especially when you get to nighttime and daddy Dude, starts I, to get sleepy. If I ever listen to an old episode, it's like pretty good bet that I'm going to totally mispronounce or butcher an actor's name. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, uh, we mispronounce shit all the time. Uh, but yes, we're driving into our final ratings for Shrek. As always, we each give our rating out of five and then we add them together for a rating out of ten and see where it falls on the list of all the movies that we've done thus far here on the podcast and see if this list survives another week without it giving Jim an embolism. So, Jim, final rating for the movie Shrek. Ah, so this this is where like the way you the way you contextualize (laughs) man this is what i live for let me hear it this is where rugrats is starting to sting a little bit like just on this week in particular right because we have a movie that is also an animated movie it is far superior to the rugrats movie um but like really at the end of the day it's like pretty funny but it's not really like anything earth shattering so like i'm not gonna give it like a four or a five and like even a 3.5 sounds a little high so like this would be prime real estate for like a two and a half in my opinion but now i'm sitting here and i'm saying where is that going to put it in regards to like the pokemon movie and rugrats so i don't know i guess long story short i'm just gonna stick with my gut i'm gonna cross my fingers and i'm gonna say three i'm gonna say three out of five all right so you 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 made me a little nervous there in the beginning when you started talking about 2.5s i was like that's you you were talking great things about this movie throughout and then all of a sudden you're throwing 2.5s out here i was like what that's that's absurd especially when you started talking about rugrats i was like i didn't think this movie was going to land anywhere near rugrats um so i i could take a three from you because that's going to bring us up a little high because i think you know i'm probably going to go a little bit higher um than you are here because i am the i am the inverse of you while you're sitting there saying at the end of the day you know it was a fun movie but there's nothing really to write home about that you can't give it anything higher than that um when i had to turn to the excel sheet before i watched this movie because obviously this was one i hadn't watched in a while so i wanted to see what i gave it um as a kid before returning to this movie now and young tj gave this movie a perfect rating so i was like oh man this is going to be an interesting rewatch and you can sit and rest easy there jim i did not give it the perfect five again this time <laughs> so that this if was a movie this time a three, if you where, gave it a five that's all on you that's... yeah this was one where i watched it this time and very much the same thing i did still really enjoy it and it is really funny but this movie had, at the end of the day, something that you've mentioned a lot of times when we've talked about movies is that the entire time I was watching this, it just made me want to watch Shrek 2. 
Yeah. So this movie definitely suffered in the regards that it just made me want to watch the one that I love. So it doesn't, it, it didn't lend itself to as good of a rewatch as it used to when I was a kid. It still is really right. funny. And a lot of the jokes do really land, uh, but it does kind of sag also, in the portion and towards the end. Yeah. What are you going to say? You also have the benefit, like when you originally rated it, Shrek 2 didn't exist. So you hadn't seen it yet. You know what This I mean? is true. This is true. So the original five-star rating was, you know, back when this movie was so fresh and new and you were like, dude, this is crazy. Before I even knew a world where Shrek 2 even existed. Um, but I'm still going to give this one a relatively high rating. It, it's not going to get the five, but it is still going to get four from me. Because while it does okay. have those little things where it's not Shrek 2 to me, I still think this movie is a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable. It still is rewatchable. I can rewatch that movie again and still laugh at all of the jokes. The jokes lend itself to rewatch. They still land. Um, watching it every time so this movie still is a really well-made and fun animated movie so i'm going to give it four stars from me so four from me and three from you it's good enough to put this movie at a seven out of ten sure. and i think that's i think that's fair for this one yeah that's not bad and yeah. like i i kind of want to like preface my three score by saying like if i give something a three that means I generally liked it. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's not like a slap in the face at all. That's like, you know, this was a pretty good movie, you know? No, no, no. And I I, I know. I know that your three is, is a very good one for this. You're much more cautious in your star ratings, I feel like, yeah, than yeah. I am. I mean, like you, like you really reserve your fours and fives for, for like, for really the top of the heap, whereas I feel like I'm a bit more relaxed in my fours i try to be harder in my fives um i'm not always as great because yeah. as we're charting here along we're, we're we a new thing we want to also do is chart how many five stars each of us give and right now i've got one up on you uh where you've so far saved your one five star for titanic and i've oh, given it to titanic and gladiator. and gladiator right yeah, yeah. Which, uh which i still think yeah still that. i think is is fair i think those two fives that i've given is fair i was worried coming into this one knowing that as a kid i gave this one five and i was like fuck man if i get if i still think this is a fiver jim is gonna roast me <laughs> No, no, I would never roast you for your. No, I know, but but I know, I would like, just silently judge you. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I was like, if we're gonna be 14 episodes deep, and I've already given three five stars, and one of them is Shrek, like, it's, it's, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be very bold going forward here. The way I'm just like throwing five, throwing five stars out like Oprah, man. You get a five stars, and you get a five stars. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I feel like I should say like. There's definitely a movie like Shrek that I would give for, or maybe even five stars to, but it would need to hold up more than this one did for me, you know? Yeah, and I knew I had to bump this one down a bit because if I'm talking that it, the whole time I'm watching this and I'm like, it's not Shrek 2. Like, obviously, I, I can't be giving both of them. Like, I, I got to watch how I'm star rating. If I'm like the whole time I'm watching Shrek, I'm like, it's not Shrek 2. And then now it'll be interesting to go back and watch Shrek 2 because I'm talking up how that's the go-to one for me. But I haven't watched Shrek 2 in forever either. So God knows how that one will go on a rewatch once we get up to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all right. So seven, seven out of ten for Shrek is good. Did it, did it tie with anything? So, so yeah. So Shrek right now, we're looking seven out of ten. 
is going to tie with Castaway and How the Grinch Stole Christmas um, mm-hmm. with 7 out of 10. So right now, we'll be- so the way we had it right now is How the Grinch was above Castaway. So to really settle ourselves in here, Jim, Castaway or Shrek? Real quick, I'm going to say... But uh, reaction. Uh, 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 Castaway. I also would pick Castaway. Okay. So, so we'll, so we'll settle. That's an easy one. So we'll settle Shrek in right here at the bottom of the seven pile. So it's going to sit in at the number six spot right behind Castaway and right ahead of Armageddon, which sits with a 6.5. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's, that's stomachable. I think it's mostly intact. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a solid spot right there. And I feel like, I feel like that seven is going to end up being a very oh two one that we're going to see a lot. I feel like seven is going to be the the median average that we're going to see for a lot of these movies. Yeah, we'll definitely start to see like a like a distribution form. And yeah, I mean, it makes sense that if Rugrats is the lowest, it makes sense that seven is where they would start to pull we'll up. Keep forgetting, Jim. Rugrats is not the lowest. The perfect story oh, is the lowest. That's right. The perfect storm is justifiably lower than the yeah. Rugrats. The perfect storm is the lowest at 3.5, followed yeah. then by the Rugrats with a four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. We did it. I'm not going to second it. guess it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the average tends to be right now the, the seven area, and we don't really float around to the top too often right now we you know we got our our big one with titanic at the perfect 10 and gladiator at 9.5 but then other than that nothing is really floated over you know that's that seven mark yeah no and it'll be it'll be interesting to see when the next thing that really jumps a lot higher than that is and what the next thing that's like in perfect storm rugrats territory i'm just i don't know i'm I'm enjoying this so it'll be interesting to see if next week's movie is going to hit up there. I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you take some guesses um, as to next week's movie. Uh, I think it's definitely going to, I think this one might be a one that can definitely be in the running for towards the bottom of the heap. So <laughs> this just is like full disclosure. I already know what it is. I already know what it is. It came up in a part that is probably not going to make it into this episode. <laughs> and I am so, I, just, I, I don't know disappointed is probably the right word <laughs> like um, yes the the toughest part concerned. about going yeah <laughs> the toughest part about going through these earlier ones is contextualizing how old we were at this time because we have to remember we're only in 2001 we're 12 years old at this point so yeah. we're still watching well like we're getting a lot of really good movies in here but you also have to remember we're also 12 years old so we're also going to go to the movies and see movies like next week's movie, which is Dr. Doolittle 2. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, yeah. the movie that I, at this point in my life, I'm so glad they made and I am going to have to watch again and I don't know, talk about, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, this will be an interesting one to go into because I don't think I've watched this movie since that day as a 12 year old seeing it in theaters uh i don't know if there was ever a reason after seeing it once to go back to it but here we are now and we're going to go back into it and rewatch dr doolittle 2 
um, and see with our 34-year-old eyes how that one holds up for us. It'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. Definitely. But yeah, I think that one, I think that's a safe bet to see that that might be one that could contend for one of the lower positions here in this uh, this list. Or who knows, we might, we could watch it and it ends up surprising us, Jim. We don't know. I, I remember legit zero about that movie. So it is yeah, definitely, it's almost like going in blind again, because the only thing I remember about this movie is that Eddie Murphy is in it and that he can talk to animals. Yeah. If I, I mean, as we're talking about this, there's like a, a little glimmer of hope that has arisen deep within me that says, maybe I'll watch this and I'll enjoy it. And I guess maybe we'll it, see what happens. <laughs> maybe it could surprise us and be a cute little family movie, but don't get your hopes. <laughs> but as always, that will do it for all of us here at Front Row Cinema in this great showing. Jim, do you have anything to leave the people with this week? Uh, nah, I think we played a lot of the good Shrek clips. I'm going to leave the people with. See ya. <laughs> that'll work. That'll work. No bits of wisdom or good soundboards for you this yeah. week. Jim is just yeah. giving you the good old goodbye. And I'll this give is, you the sound off this as is the always. the on the podcast I like to call phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> But Jim, they always think you're so sincere. <laughs> <laughs> but this is our sign off as always, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you at the movies. <laughs>